Well, good morning, everybody. Hey, it's good to be back here, and I'm just excited about, I believe God's going to do some great stuff here at Christian Hills. Uh, we want you to know we are here. Uh, I've been here this week pretty much every day. Uh, so we are here. You can call at 708-382-0409 is my cell phone number. If you have any needs or prayer requests or anything like that that you need, please feel free to contact us. You know, I, I, I was just reading uh, a lot about, you know, what different churches and pastors are doing and saying. And one of the things that they're encouraging us to do is to remind us that the church is not this building sitting on the hill. Yeah, it's a beautiful building. Yeah, it sits on the hill. Yes, people drive by it every day. Yes, the lights light it up at night. But the reality is you're the church. You are the church of Jesus Christ. And at this time, it is vitally important that you as the church of Jesus Christ reach out to the people who are around you. This is when the church is to be the church in action. This is when the church is to show the love of Jesus Christ to those who are around us. This is a time when people will be searching, looking for answers, looking for hope, looking for truth, looking for what's going to give them hope in the midst of something that seems rather a little hopeless for some. And you're the, you're the answer to that prayer. And God wants to use you in this time, so I encourage you, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, listen to the Holy Spirit's voice, and make sure that you connect with the voice of the Lord so you can connect with those around you. Hey, you know what? Most people are just a phone call away or a FaceTime away. And I encourage you to use those venues at this time to be the church. Pray for people over the phone. Call and see how they're doing. If they need help, go help them out, get them groceries, especially for some of our seniors and shut-ins that may need help in that realm. You can be the church. Maybe also you need to be sensitive to maybe people who are looking for the truth at this time, which, by the way, is Jesus Christ. We all know that as Christians. But people are going to be looking to him because they soon discover that they're not in control of everything that happens around them. See, the world is learning something. The world is not in control. God is. And if God is in control, then we need to connect with him who's in control to be able to help us to be able to deal with the trials and tribulations that come through life. I think my series last year was rather prophetic, joy through the journey through trials and tribulations. And God can still give you joy, give you hope, give you the ability to overcome the fear that's attacking many of you today. And that is because when we connect with the Lord, he's the one that helps us to be able to find joy in a journey, even through pandemics such as this. So let's look to the Lord. Let's understand he is our help. He is our source. He is our strength. He is our rock at this time. Well, I want to continue my series talking about breakthrough. Now, some of you may be asking, uh, you know, well, how can I follow along? Because Pastor Mike, I like your PowerPoints. Well, you can go to UVerse, by the way, the app UVerse. And you can click on that app and click on service, and you'll see Christian Hills come up. I also posted a link on my Facebook page, Michael McCartney. I don't know. I think they linked it to the Christian Hills account, too. And you can click on that and follow my PowerPoint for today as we're going to be talking about breakthrough through fear. If you're looking for my written sermon, it is on SermonCentral.com. You can go there, click on Michael McCartney, Contributor. It'll come up, or you can just type in Breakthrough from Fear. It should also come up on the website, SermonCentral.com. But, hey, let's start looking at our subject today. Our subject is Breakthrough from Fear. You know, and I want you to turn in your Bibles and turn to 1 John chapter 4. We're going to be taking a look at this chapter today because I think this chapter is very relevant 
to what is transpiring in our society and world today, and it gives us insight from the Apostle John on how we should be dealing with situations such as what we're facing in the world today with coronavirus. And so, you know, as I think about breakthrough from fear, I have to go back to the when I first became a Christian and I was at Outreach Church and I was there in Minneapolis, Minnesota at the church. And I remember we had a pastor there. His name was Pastor Rufus. He was one of the associate pastors. And Rufus has since gone on to be with the Lord today. But I remember he preached this phenomenal sermon. And it was the first sermon I'd really heard on the subject of fear. And basically his sermon was fear not. And so Rufus is preaching his heart out, and people are shouting, amen, preach it, pastor. And, and, you know, and he's talking about how to overcome fear, how not to allow fear to get a hold of us, how Scripture reminds us over and over and over again, fear not, do not be afraid, I, the Lord, thy God, am with you. And Pastor Rufus, is, I mean, he's just nailing it, and he's, he's just hammering it down. Right about toward the end of his sermon, this bat flies out of the balcony out of nowhere and swoops at Pastor Rufus's head. And I had to laugh, and I still laugh and chuckle today because he jumped off the platform. <laughs> so he did this bad swoop at him like three or four times. And I'm thinking, man, this is a demonic back because he's coming after Pastor Rufus because he's preaching fear not. And I want you to know, I laugh about that, but, you know, in this church, at Outreach Church, I don't know what our problem was, but our church seemed to be filled with these bats. And every time we seemed to be really rolling for God or a message was coming forth from God, every once in a while, these bats would appear out of nowhere to seem to disrupt everything. Another time, Pastor Nate had finished a phenomenal sermon about pressing forward, going ahead, and not fearing, and all of a sudden, you know, the service was over, and we were doing our altar time, and a bat came out of nowhere again, swooping at people's heads. And, and I started thinking, man, the devil just doesn't like it. I remember one time praying down in the basement of Outreach Church for a lady who had been a prostitute. We were praying for her to get delivered and set free. In the midst of me praying for her, this bat came out of nowhere in the basement, started swooping at my head, swooping at her. And there were three of us praying for her, and one of my buddies who was my roommate, his name was Bob, and we had become Christians together. I just looked at Bob and said, hey, Bob, get the bat. And he looked at me, and he's like, how am I going to get the bat, you know? And we noticed a tennis racket sitting over there on the counter. So he went and he grabbed the tennis racket, and there goes Bob. We're praying for this lady to be delivered, and he's chasing the bat around the fellowship hall, and he finally nails the bat with the racket. And you know what? You can defeat fear, amen? You can defeat the images of the enemy as he comes after you as you're spiritually moving forward in God. And so I want to tell you today, we can have a breakthrough from fear. I know fear is a reality in our life, and fears come and go in our life, and yes, there are fears that are healthy, yeah, you don't want to go uh, jump off a building that's three stories tall, you have a healthy fear, you don't do that. There is a healthy fear, it says in Proverbs, that the beginning of wisdom is have a healthy fear of God, of the Lord. And so there is a healthy fear, but there's also unhealthy fears, fears that terrorize us, fears that cripple us. Fears that, that hold us down and hold us back from what God has called for us to do with our lives. And that's the kind of fear that I'm addressing today. See, fear is always with us. It wants to cripple us. It wants to control us. It wants to stop us in our tracks. We come against it, though, and when we do come against it, guess what? Fear will fight back. 
I sometimes think the image of that bat showing up at those certain times was no coincidence. I think Satan used the bat to try and instill fear back into people, to try and show people that he's in control. But the reality is Satan is not in control. God is. God is greater than Satan and greater is he that lives in us. If you're a born-again Christian, Jesus lives inside of you. The Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. And you can overcome any fear that comes at you with his power, with a connection to him, and with the ability to know that he is for you and not against you. So we need to understand, fear wants to give us paralysis and stick us right where we're at. Keep us stuck in the position we're in. And you know what? We're going to battle fear. Yeah, we're battling the fear of coronavirus. And fears can be huge or they can be tiny, by the way. They come with the journey of life. They just come with life. But we don't have to allow fear to cripple us. We don't have to allow fear to hold us back. We don't have to allow fear to not let us be the light in the midst of darkness in this time. You can still be the light Jesus has called you to be in the midst of the darkness of what we're battling in our society and world today. You know, there, you know, I was looking uh, through some of my books in my library, and I came across a great book, and it's by Joyce Meyer, and it's about fearing not. And she makes a few observations I'd like to highlight for you this morning. She says the same thing I just said. Everyone experiences fear in life. Guess what? It comes with the journey of life. But there are fears if we allow them, if we don't understand fear and the origination of fear and where it comes from, if we don't understand how it works against us to cripple us, to keep us from doing what God wants us to do, if we don't understand that, then we're going to become locked in and controlled by fear. We have to understand fear is not our friend. Fear is not for us. The type of fear that we're talking about today is against us. It wants to cripple us, control us, hold us back, hold us down, and never promote the love of Jesus Christ to a world. And we have to understand that fear is the tool of the devil that he will use against us to make us miserable and destroy our lives. You know, I, I've mentioned before I love the TV show Monk. And this guy has all kinds of phobias and fears. And, and, and you look at how his life is messed up because of his phobias of fear. Yeah, you laugh at it. It's a joke because it's made as a comedy, the show. But the reality is there's a lot of people like Monk who allow their fears to control every aspect of their life, their daily life. It holds him back. It keeps him from all that God has for him. And we don't want fear to do that to you at this time. We want you to be able to have the ability to connect with God because if we connect with God as we look in 1 John chapter 4, we're able to overcome fear and perfect love. And by the way, God is love is what drives out fear. And so we need to make that connection today. So simply put, fear is the opposite of faith. God wants us to walk by faith and Satan wants us to walk by fear. He wants us to keep us in fear. He wants to terrorize us every day. He wants to hold us back. He doesn't want us to step forward and step out and trust and believe that God is for us and not against us. Psalm 23, 7 tells us that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Well, another way to word this is where the mind goes is where the person goes. If you allow your mind to always focus on the negative, focus on all the fear-filled things that are going around, hey, you know what? Watch the news a little bit. Fear will come over you, right? But the idea is where your mind go is where you're going to go. And your mind needs to focus on things that are pure and holy and trustworthy. You need to focus on the positive things and see the, see the good through all the bad. Because there is good. God is going to do something. I believe God is going to use this pandemic to bring revival to the world. 
Because I think people are going to realize they're not in control. I think people are going to realize they need Jesus. We need a higher power. We need the great physician. We need God to intervene. And I am praying God intervenes. I am praying God takes this thing away. I am praying that God gives some scientists who will give God the credit, the cure for this coronavirus. And I believe we do need to be positive and we do need to be moving forward. And we do need to understand that we can make it through this situation and scenario. But don't let your mind go the other way. Don't let your mind become so fear-filled that you get trapped in that fear. So in 1 John chapter 4, I, I want to highlight three things that John tells us that we need to do. And I believe all three of these things are connected with fear and overcoming fear and connecting with God and seeing God even in the midst of some of the challenges that we face in life. And so in 1 John, John gives us three actions that are be a part of the children of God's daily lives as we live life, as we do life, as we face pandemics like we are right now. Number one, he says, we are to test the spirits. Now, I want you to understand something. For us to overcome fear and fear not will require us to do steps one and two that I'm going to share with you today from this chapter of 1 John chapter 4. See, he gives us directions in this chapter that I think we need to heed and listen to. You cannot defeat fear without a connection to God and a connection to love. And you cannot connect with God if you are deceived by evil or humanistic spirits. That's the idea of testing the spirits that I'm going to talk about. See, deceiving spirits are in this world. They're here to lead you astray. They're here to cripple you. They're here to terrorize you. They're here to cause you to fear and think there's no hope. They're here to make you kind of roll up in a ball and give up and quit. And that's not what God wants you to do, by the way, at this time. See, fear can overrun your life, unravel your life, and cripple your life if you let it. But if you listen to the principles that John is sharing in this chapter, you will discover we can overcome fear as we're going to see as we look at in our chapter here. So 1 John chapter 4, kind of our main verse that I want to highlight to you today is found in 1 John chapter 4 verse 18. And listen to what it says here. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. And I kind of think that's the central verse of chapter 4. I kind of think everything else kind of piggybacks around it, surrounds it, supports it, and comes back and points us to verse 18 of 1 John 4. And so I want to challenge you as you're reading this verse and looking at chapter 4, you're going to see that it's going to give us highlights of how we can do what it says needs to be done in verse 18. So let's, let's take a look at 1 John here. And I want you to look at verse 1 as we look at 1 John chapter 1. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 6. And I'm going to read it for you. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does, does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. 
You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak, listen to this, they speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us. In other words, John says it listens to us apostles, us preachers and teachers who teach about Jesus, okay? Then he goes on to say here, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. In other words, they won't heed God's word. Then he goes on to say, this is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. I'm going to pause there. And he goes on to say, and he's going to talk about the signs to know if someone knows God or not. And so the word here that we look at is we are to test the spirits to see if they are from God or not. If you want to be filled with fear, listen to a whole bunch of people who don't know the Lord. Can, can I say that right now? Listen to the hopelessness. Listen to the predictions of just total collapse and calamity. I mean, those people are out there. But if you really want hope at this time, if you really want to give hope to others, point people to Jesus. Point people to God's word. Point people to God's truth. Because in truth, we have to have a measurement of that which is right and wrong, and the measurement that we use as Christians is the Bible right here. That is our measuring rod to define for us what is right and what is wrong. And a lot of people say, well, it's the Bible, and, I, and this is what I tell people. When you have outlived the Bible, I'll listen to you. When you have outlived the impact the Bible has had on our society, I'll listen to you. When you have done as many miracles as the Bible has done through the Word of God, then I'll listen to you. But there's nobody out there that measures up to this word right here. Because this is a living, breathing word, and it is God's holy word. And it will stand true to the end of time. It has stood true and through the tests of thousands and thousands of years. It has stood the tests of people trying to wipe it out, trying to basically uh, disgrace it, de demote it, uh, throw it away, say it's lies, it's filled with lies, it's filled with contradictions. By the way, that all comes from deceiving spirits that are lying to you. And that's why we have to test the spirits to see if they're from God or not. We, we, you know, we've been running the school here, which is, of course, now on lockdown. But the school uses tests to measure if a person knows or doesn't know the subject or the material. And so what we need to do is we need to do tests, just like we use tests in the academic educational world. We need to use spiritual tests to test if someone is from God or not. Are they hearing from God? Are they connected to God? Do they have a word from God? Because a person who is not connected to God cannot have a word from God. We're going to discover that in our verse this chapter in a little bit in a few verses that will tell us that we cannot connect with God without the thing called love. And we need that connecting point with God. You need to know love to be able to show love. And you need to be able to know what is right and wrong by being connected to love. And God is love, it says in Scripture. L-O-V-E, capital L. Not the type of love we hear in the media, not the type of love we hear in Hollywood and all that, but the real love that we're talking about in the Bible, agape love, is God himself. And we need to make that connection. So we need to test. You know, Josh McDowell said in his book this, and his book is Truth Vs. Lies. It's a great book, by the way. He says, only 15% of church youth disagree with this statement. What is right for one person in a given situation might not be right for another person who encounters the same situation. In other words, this is what he says in his poll, 85% of unchurched kids are liable to this thing called human reason. And he goes on to say, just because it's wrong for you doesn't mean it's wrong for me. 
their idea of the distinction between right and wrong is fluid, something that is subject to change, something that is relative and personal, not constant and universal. And he says, we have a younger generation growing up today that is being deceived by the deceitful words of the media, educational, uh, humanistic educational systems that are teaching them that you decide what is right and wrong. You have the choice to decide what is right or wrong. But the reality is the Bible tells us we don't have that choice because without God, we cannot discern what is right and what is wrong. So therefore, what happens is people become deceived, and they start to believe that whatever they believe is right, and everybody else is wrong, but they're right, but then they can believe that way, and they're, they're right, but then I'm right, but then they... I mean, the whole thing is just total confusion. It's all caused by a deceptive, deceiving spirit that is in the world in which we live. And so if we want to know how to measure if something's right or wrong, we have to have a measuring rod. And that measuring rod is God's Word, the oldest existing uh, life-changing book that has changed every continent of the world and has changed every culture of the world and it has influenced people for thousands and thousands of years. This word right here is truth. And everything else that comes against it is a lie. But you have to know what it says. You have to get into it. You have to understand that, you know, lies will look pretty good. Some lies are really well spun. You see it all the time in the media. They spin a little bit. They twist a little bit just to try and change the meaning of something or to cause something. And so they're doing it all the time. And that's what the devil does with God's word all the time. Spin it, twist it, uh, get it off course so that the person who's buying into it gets off course and falls into the trap of what they want them to fall into, a bondage. So we need to know the Bible. We need to know scripture. We need to measure it against God's word. And so our author here goes on to say, as we read on, that this is how you know if a person is of God or not. This is how you test the spirits. Number one, dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Measurement number one. If you want to know if a person's preaching or teaching the truth, do they love others? Do they love their enemies? Do they pray for their enemies? Do they follow the type of life that Jesus led and modeled? And on the cross said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's the person that's connected to the truth. That's the person that's connected to God. That's the person that's going to share truth that will save you, set you free, and drive away the fears that are trying to overcome you in your life. Because it's the devil who is the author of the fear, the terrorizing fear to cripple you. See, the measurement of something true or false is always that it will align with Scripture. Josh McDowell from his book, Right and Wrong, says this. You recall Webster first defines truth as fidelity to an original or standard. The dictionary goes on to define truth as the body of real things, events, or facts. The property of being in accordance with fact or reality. Can I tell you something? The Bible deals nothing with, but with facts and reality. That's why it transcends culture. It transcends time. It transcends empires. It transcends all the different things that cause division and dissension in a world and bring it together. And the church of Jesus Christ in the world, I know today, is getting down on their knees. They're humbling themselves. They're praying like it says in Second Chronicles. They're crying out to God for him to heal our lands and to heal our world because they know that's where the deliverance comes from. And we're starting to learn that, you know, 
our governments can't do it. I, I just get a kick out everybody thinks the president should solve this dilemma like this, or our great scientists should do it, or why hasn't someone come up with a cure? I think maybe God's just trying to say it's because I'm the cure. I'm the power. I'm the one with the ability, the insight and knowledge. I go back to George Washington Carver, who used to tell him in a science lab that God would speak to him about how he can use the peanut. Now, I know God can speak to our scientists in their labs and give them the, the solution to our epidemic. But they have to cry out to God. We have to humble ourselves. We have to turn from our wicked ways. We have to get away from all the deceiving spirits that have been lying to us and all these, these uh, lifestyles that are contrary to the Scripture do away with them and come back to God. That's what I believe needs to happen in our day. And I believe that's the point John is trying to make here. And then he goes on to say, he really puts this emphasis on that we need to, that we need to understand that love is connected to this idea of driving fear out of our life in verse 18. Rick Warren states this about the subject of fear in a teaching that I read from him. God encourages his followers to fear not, he says, about 365 times in the Bible. That's one for each day of the year. That's a scripture for each day of the year that we're not to fear. And he goes on to say this, that he emphasized that Christians need to spend their days not preoccupied with fear, anxiety, or worry, but they need to be preoccupied with the truth that God doesn't want us to fear and to be crippled in life. He wants us to trust him. He wants us to look to Him. He wants us to pray to Him. He wants us to ask Him for things. He wants to connect with us. And then when He connects with us, we know love. That's my second point, by the way. The second thing that stands out to me in 1 John is found in verse 7 to 16. We need to know love and show love. See, we weren't created to do life on our own. We were created to do life with God. And with others. Therefore, why we have the church. Now, the church, once again, is not this building that sits up on the hill. The church is you. And God created us to be in relationship with Him, to know Him, so that we, as we know Him, we really discover love, capital L, O-V-E. And it's that love, it says in verse 18, by our, our apostle John, who probably was the closest to Jesus out of all the apostles. And he says, you see, love will cast out and drive out fear. If you want to get fear out of your life, connect with love. Connect with God. Know God. Understand who He is. Understand that you're just a prayer away from knowing God, by the way. Did you know that you're only a prayer away? You know, all you have to do is, you know, if you're not a believer and you're not a Christian, here's my challenge to you. All you got to do is pray right where you're at right now and say, Lord... I'm a sinner. I don't know you. Can you make yourself real to me? I repent of my sin. Will you come into my life so that I know you and I know the truth? And guess what? God's going to meet you right where you're at right now. And I pray he does. I pray that you pray the prayer. And you ask God to make himself real to you in this time and this dilemma right now. Because he will. He's just waiting for you to ask. He's waiting for you to cry out to him. He's waiting for you to just ask so he can help you, so he can encourage you, so he can reveal himself to you, so he can open up the words of Scripture to you like never before. And I think that's what God's doing at this time. He's opening our eyes to how much we need him, how much we need to cry out to him, and how we do need to turn from our wicked ways and think we have it all figured out when we don't. 
how we need to turn away from the deception of all the voices that are out there trying to pull us away from Scripture, pull us away from God, and not into a relationship with God. Because that evil spirit, the Antichrist spirit, is all through out there in the world. It's in the media, it's in news, movies, magazines. You can hear it, you can see people saying it, you just see it being revealed left and right if you have eyes to see and to hear. But we need to understand, it says in Psalm 23, 4, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. See, when love is right beside us, we know we can walk through the darkest valley when love is right beside us and God has got my backside. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me, even through an epidemic like coronavirus. God can be there for you. He can help you. Let's call on him as our source at this time. So let me say this very plainly. Don't allow the voice of fear to fill your heart. Don't let the naysayers that are out there fill you with fear that cripples you. Seek God and rest in his love and words of affirmation. Have joy through this trial to seek the good and not the bad. To understand God's got your back as a Christian. Another thing I, I want to just really want to just kind of hunker down on here for a few minutes is this idea of love. See, the purpose of love, the purpose of experiencing God is to experience true love. And when we experience true love, we not only know love, but then we show love. I think the church at this time needs to be showing love to all those that are around them. And I mean, it needs to be a sacrificial love. It needs to be a love that will go out and help those that are in need. You know, uh, my daughter Tiffany is kind of on the front line with coronavirus up there in Minneapolis. And I'm proud of her because she knows God has called her for such a time as this to be on the front line to help treat those and to be reaching out to those who have coronavirus. She knows it's her calling. Just as much as Kristen knows it's her calling to be a missionary, I know my calling is to be a pastor. Tiffany believes her calling right now is to be on the front line and trust God through this whole thing. And we need to be praying for our healthcare workers, amen? We need to pray for God's protection on them. We need to pray that God would use them in such a time as this, as well as us, though, because even on the front line that they're on, we're on the front line in the spiritual realm. We're on the front line here in Chicago to be able to go out and help our neighbors who are in need. We've been challenging you to maybe send games to some of the nursing homes, uh, maybe find out ways that you can help other people out. I mean, we challenge people to do uh, the National Restaurant Out Day, and we supported some of our businesses that we know are Christian. And, and we want you to know we're going to be putting stuff up on Facebook, up on our page, for you to, to show the love of Jesus Christ to people who need to see the love. Amen? And so that means you've got to step out and you've got to do it. You know, yeah, you can be in your home and do a lot of this stuff, but we do want to encourage you that sometime be really in tune to what God wants you to do. We need to show love to those around us because the greatest power in the universe, by the way, is not coronavirus. It's love. It's God's love. And God's love, I believe, can drive this thing out. You know, you know love, you know, and I, I want to say it again. Don't misunderstand me when I say love. Love is not what Hollywood portrays. Love, as the Bible talks about, is God himself. It's God's action. It's who he is. It's his essence. It's his being. That's love. That's the real love we're after here, and that's the kind of love we need to show. See, we often forget love is truly a Christian idea. It is not a worldly idea. Satan didn't come up with the idea of love, by the way. 
God is the author of love. And, and so I want you to be out there, and I want you to love those that are around you. I want you to be there for them. I want you to show them that you care about them. And, and, you know, get on the phone. If someone is laid on your heart, call them, pray for them, encourage them. I, I, you know, do a Bible study with your family. You know, talk about love. You know, it's a great Bible study to do, by the way. Help your kids understand what love is all about. You know, Rick Warren in his book, The Purpose Driven Life, says life is all about love, by the way. And because God is love, the most important lesson he wants you to learn on earth is how to love others, even in times like this. It is in the loving that we are most like God, by the way. So love is the foundation for every command he has given us. The whole law can be summed up in this one command, love others as you love yourself. So let's get out there and love others at this time. Let's help out others. Let's be there for others. And John makes it clear in this letter that love is attained by us as we encounter God and know God, then he gives us the ability to go love those who are even somewhat unlovable at this time. So let's know God, because if we know God, he'll give us the ability to love. And I don't believe we can really love unless we know God. So you need to make that connection with him. You need to get to know him through the word, through prayer, through scripture, through crying out to him. See, we need to understand that, you know, really what John is saying in our text here is knowing love causes us to do and show love toward others like this. Love will always tell us not to be offended. Love will always tell us to forgive and forget. Love will always tell us to let it go. Love will always tell us to act like Jesus and not like Satan. Love will always tell us to die to self and to serve others in love. Love will tell us not to get angry. Love will tell us to trust the Lord and not in circumstances or believe some of the bad news that it's out there. Love will tell us not to sin. Love will tell us to serve the Lord with our, all of our might. Love will always point us toward the Lord Jesus and his great action of love on the cross. He did it for you and I, and he chose to die to it, and so do we. We need to die to ourselves as well. So we need to love. Because love's going to make a difference in this time. Now, the third thing that I see is coming back and looking at verses 17 to 21. And it is this idea that we need to fear not, as I remember Pastor Rufus's sermon years and years ago. We need to fear not and know that we need to live by faith and not by fear. We need to believe that God is who he says he is and trust him. He's going to help us get through this difficult trial and tribulation and storm. And we don't need to be in fear. And we don't need to let fear cripple us. We don't need to let fear make us run and hide away from the world and never connect with others during this time. You have, and I want to say it again. You got phones, you got computers, you got Facebook, you got FaceTime, you got all these different ways that you can connect with others in this moment. And I pray you do it. You can even send letters, by the way. You don't even have to do it on the media. You can send letters. Maybe, maybe God wants you to send a letter to someone. Maybe God wants you to pick up the phone and call someone. Encourage them. Maybe God does want you to go to the store for someone who needs you to go to the store for them. Maybe God wants you to go pray for someone who is in trouble and needs prayer. Let's trust God, all right? Let's believe God. Because you know what? This idea of fear is all around us. I picked up some of my old psychology books from college and I, and I was reminded that there are over 530 documented phobias. 
So it is possible that you could fear something different each day of the year. Now, we know where there's Bible verses for each day of the year, but here's the other side of the spectrum. The devil also has all kinds of fears. You can pick a different fear to dwell on each day. I mean, Monk kind of does that if you watch the TV show. Kind of different fears come and go in the TV show. But there's over 530 documented phobias. And and by the way, that's kind of terrorizing if you think about it. So you can have a different fear for 325 days a whole year, and you can even move into the next year for another 205 days and have even different fears. And you can even add another fear. There's probably going to be 531 now because now we have coronaphobia going on in our culture and society. So let's add 531 phobias to the psychology book. See, it's interesting to note that fears are all around us, and you can make anything a fear, by the way. Here's just a few of the fears that I kind of laughed at when I was reminded of them. There's cacophobia, the fear of ugliness, by the way. There's chorophobia, the fear of dancing. I didn't know there was a phobia for the fear of dancing, but there is. There's megalophobia, the fear of large things. Numerophobia, the fear of numbers. Pelidophobia, the fear of bald people. I'm sorry, Tom. The fear of bald people. Okay, that's a fear too, I guess. And then you can go on. There's shortophobia, the fear of short people. And then there's even the more common phobias you may be reminded of. Acrophobia, the fear of heights. Aerophobia, the fear of flying. Uh, Arachnophobia, the fear of spiders. Astrophobia, the fear of thunder and lightning. Audiophobia, the fear of being alone. Claustrophobia, the fear of confined or crowded spaces. Hemophobia, the fear of blood. Hydrophobia, the fear of water. And and by the way, I could keep going on, but you get my point. There's a whole lot of fears that we can fear out there. My wife even has a first grade student in her class who is afraid of the holes in her bread. So I don't know, we don't have a name for that phobia, but she's afraid of the holes in her bread. And then she's also afraid of the automatic flushing toilets. I know they do fear some people, but... So, I mean, people can find all kinds of things to fear. But the Bible tells us to fear not, to not be afraid, to trust God, that He's got our back, that He's there for us. Because fear can leave us frustrated, insecure, doubting, uneasy, nervous, anxious, and many other feelings that overwhelm us. It can keep us awake at night. And it can even cause health problems, by the way. If you allow fear to get to you at this time, it'll cause health problems that maybe coronophobia never comes your way, but all your fear and worrying will produce health problems, and they could sometimes be catastrophic. Heart attacks, ulcers, yeah, I, the list goes on, high blood pressure. All these are connected with, if you just let the anxiety roll over you, it can cause you health problems that way. So my challenge is fear needs to be kept in check and managed. And this is where love comes in. Everybody listen to me. This is where love comes in. It helps us. The Bible says God's perfect love, a connection with God, will help us drive out the fear. Because we're going to look at the fear and says, greater is he that lives in us than that fear. Greater is God who loves me, who died on the cross for me, and that same resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead will take care of me through this time. See, God's love removes the fear, and it takes it away. It takes away the screaming voices at me that wants to buy into fear. 
See, fears are real, yes, and we get fear-filled from time to time. And I'll even highlight Jesus in Matthew chapter 26, 36 to 46 in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus had to face the fear of going to the cross. And he is there with Abba Father in the garden. And Jesus, what does he do? What, what does Jesus do? Does he throw a temper tantrum? Does he, does, what does he do? Does he get angry? Does he get mad? No, he cries out to God, Abba Father, connects with Abba Father in his time and says, Lord, if this cup can pass from me, let it. It comes back that it can he needs to accept it. He needs to face the fear of the cross. And then what happens? It says God empowers him. God strengthens him. And he gets up and he stomps on the serpent's head. Because it's a serpent who brings fear. If you want to overcome your fear, connect with Abba Father. Do you want to overcome your fear? Connect with Jesus Christ. Do you want to, do you want to be able to live life in this time? Connect with the Lord. Connect with love. Capital L. There's a scripture in 2 Chronicles 20:17, and the Lord is talking to the Israelite nation, and this is what he says. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Take your positions, stand still, and see the deliverance of the Lord, because I am with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for I, the Lord, am with you. And you can find those scriptures in the Old Testament many times where the Lord says, be not afraid. He said it to Joshua when he was to go take the promised land. Joshua, be not afraid. I am with you. My strength is with you. My power is with you. My being is with you. My love is with you. And it will give you the power to overcome the enemy of this time. You don't even have to fight. All you got to do is pray. Maybe fast. Maybe God wants you to fast. But what you need to do is connect with God in this moment and in this time. Because all of us face various kinds of battle in our lives. No one escapes problems and challenges, which we often call the storms of life. The good news is that God already knows what He will do when we face these difficulties. He has a plan to bring us victory, just like in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 17. God had a plan to bring them the victory. God has a plan for us to bring us the victory. All we need to do is take our positions... And remain in Him until our breakthrough comes. Now, what is God calling you to do at this time? I pray it's not watching TV all day. Can, can, I, can you please not just watch TV all day? Can I also say this is not a vacation? It's time for the church to be the church, to love one another, to reach out to one another, to care for one another. Join us in our prayer meeting Tuesday morning at 8.30. Form a prayer meeting in your house. Pray and intercede and ask God to heal our land. And I put it out on our sign, on the school sign. Lord, we pray that you will heal our land because we need God to heal our land. We need to understand God will fight this battle for us if we ask him, if we trust him. We need to let love drive out the fear. We need to let love bring the healing. See, the reality check of fear is this, and going back to our phobias for a moment. See, you're not scared of the dark. You're scared of what's in it. See, the reality is you're not afraid of heights. You're afraid of falling. See, you're not afraid of the people around you, another phobia. You're just afraid of being rejected by others. You're not afraid to love. You're just afraid of not being loved back. You're not afraid to let go. You're just afraid to accept the reality that a person has passed away. You're not afraid to try again. You're just afraid of getting hurt for the same reason. See, it's not really the phobia. It's what's behind it. 
And if we have God with us, he gives us wisdom, insight, words of revelation and knowledge in times like this, and that should encourage us. See, our fears can be managed with the power of love with God, and in his presence in nature, there is deliverance. Within his presence, he promises to fight for us. He promises to be there for us. He promises to never leave us nor forsake us, because greater is he that lives in us than he that lives in the world. Because we know that God loves us and he will take care of us. Because we know we are sons and daughters of our mighty God as Christians. And you can become a Christian today if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You don't have to do this thing alone. You don't have to be alone in this battle. See, we also need to understand that through Christ, we have his power. And that Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And we can drive back the enemy with that, whatever that enemy may look like. And we need to understand fear has no place in our life. We need to have freedom from fear. And we need to be connected to God who gives us freedom from fear. Freedom from fear comes as individuals trust in God who protects, Psalm 23, 4, and helps them. Fear gives us, free, fear wants to take away our freedom, but freedom from fear comes by understanding God is here to help us. And you can look at Isaiah 54, 14. The New Testament teaches that perfect love casts out fear, 1 John 4, 18. Christians are no longer slaves to fear. We sang that song today, by the way. For Christ has given us not a spirit of timidity or cowardice, but a spirit of power, of love, and self-control, 2 Timothy 1, 7. I mean, just I can keep quoting Scripture to you, but the reality is fear is not an attribute of God. Fear does not come from God. God doesn't want you to allow fear to dictate and roll your life and cripple you. What he wants you to understand is you can overcome your fear with him. You can overcome your fear with love, capital L. And we need to not fear, but we need to trust God at this time, in this day, in this hour, in this era. You know, there's a story told about Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison, there's two things that are said about him. He was a great inventor, we all know. But he never allowed discouragement, worry, or fear to overrun his life like he was a failure. You know, his associates have claimed that his freedom from these afflictions of worry, discouragement, and fear just never seemed to plague Edison. As a matter of fact, they said that one day one of his associates had to report to him another failure. There had been immediate successions of failure in this one experiment involving enormous expenditures of money and labor, but the inventor simply smiled as this one of his associates came to him. He was really like overwhelmed, anxious. He was, you know, really upset. And the associate, worn out from the nervous strain of his long day, from the fear, feeling disheartened, from the, fur, the, the worry, the disappointment. And then he finally looked at Edison and he said, why don't you worry or fear a little bit about this, Edison? And Edison said, why should I, was his reply. You're worrying and fearing enough for the both of us. See, we don't have to buy into the fear. We don't have to buy into the worry. We don't have to buy into the anxiety. We need to have faith and trust that God has everything in his hand. And we're in his hand. You're in his hand. So let's defeat prayer. Let's defeat fear with prayer. Let me say it right. <laughs> Let, let's defeat fear with prayer, okay? By knowing love and showing love and by not allowing deceptive spirits to lead us astray into their negative thinking, their fear-filled thinking. And let's re be reminded that if you test the spirits, as we conclude here, we need to test the spirits because there's a lot of deceiving spirits out there. There's a lot of voices out there you do not want to listen to or buy into. 
You need to be able to discern what is right and wrong by what aligns with Scripture. What, what person says Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world? You need to understand that we are not to be deceived by the great deceiver and his minions who will lead us away from love, by the way, because that's their goal. You see, the naysayers, the deceivers, the people who want to rob you of your joy, who want to rob away and drive you away from Jesus, they just want you to live in a fear-filled, negative world. That's all they want you to do. And that's a miserable place to be. I'm sorry. That's a miserable place to be. And then secondly, we need to low love, know love and show love. See, God is love. Love is the key to living successfully in this life. Without it, you succeed in life. And without it, you fail at life. And then fear takes over. And then thirdly, fear not. I've never forgot Pastor Rufus's sermon. I go back to that sermon a lot. And I still laugh that he jumped off the pulpit. But you know what he did? He jumped back on again. He says, I'm not going to let this bat make me be fearful. And he jumped back on the pulpit, stood behind that pulpit, and he finished his sermon. It caught him off guard. But he didn't let the fear dictate the direction he was going to go for the rest of his message. And man, we had a great altar call that day. I still remember it. Many people went forward for prayer. And I don't know, the bat disappeared. If you want to know what happened to the bat, I don't know what happened to the bat, but it did disappear and go away. And I still think we need to hear that message today, fear not. For the Lord says, I am with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm with your family. I'm with you, all those that are listening. And all you got to do is I'm just a prayer away. I'm here for you, the Lord says. And I want to be here for you. And I do want you to connect with me. I do want you to turn from your wicked ways. I do want you to see that I am who I say I am. And then when I think the world does that, I think we're going to see healing. I think we're going to see deliverance. I think we're going to see revival. And I think we're going to see a coming back to Jesus like never before. So I challenge you. Don't let the devil dictate how you live your life today. Connect with Jesus. Connect with love. Know love, show love, and fear not. Let's pray. Lord, I pray for each person out there that's listening. I thank you for the truth of your scripture. Oh my goodness, Lord, you're so awesome and wonderful. And that you have the ability and the power to drive out the fear. You have the ability and power to protect us in this battle. You just tell us to take our positions, to pray, to seek you, turn from our wicked ways. And then we just let you be God. We let you fight the battle. We let you bring the healing. We let you bring the cure. We let you do what you do, God. You've been doing it for thousands of years. Thousands of years, God, you've been doing this. And you're there for all who call upon your name, Lord Jesus. And so, Lord, I pray that you would encourage each person out there that's listening. I pray that your Holy Spirit would show up in their rooms right now. I pray they would feel your presence, God. I pray they would feel your hope and your love. I pray that would drive out the fear. I pray that they would get divine revelation and insight from you. I pray for those that may be listening, that may need a healing in their bodies. Lord, we pray you'd reach down out of heaven and bring healing to their bodies right now in the name of Jesus. 
because you're the healing God. You're the great physician. So bring healing, bring protection. Lord, let us let you fight our battle at this time. And Lord, I pray that revival would break out across the world as the world discovers they need you. They need your love. They need connection to you. And so, Lord, we're just praying for each one that you keep them safe. You give them wisdom and guidance. I pray they hear your voice in this moment in time of what to do, what not to do. But, Lord, I do pray we would be the church of Jesus Christ in action, showing people love, serving people, helping people in need. And, Lord, we ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. I just want to encourage you, we're going to be uh, streaming live for Palm Sunday, next Sunday, Good Friday. We're going to do a message for you and have it up online as well for you to watch. You can watch it Good Friday or anytime on Good Friday, we'll have it up by then. I do want to remind you, we are going to do this drive-in church for Easter Sunday, and we're going to make our, our parking lot, our church service, and you can drive up in your car. And we just believe God's going to still, we're still going to celebrate the resurrection on Easter Sunday because God is still in control. And we can do it in our cars as families. We can do it in the parking lot without, you know, going against what they're instructing us to do. But we're believing God is going to use this time for such a time as this. We're here. You're here. I'm here for such a time as this. So let's hear God's voice. And let's go out and make a difference. And everybody said with me, amen over there on the other side of the camera. God bless you all. Have a great day.